The opinions expressed on this podcast should be construed only as the opinions of the respective opiners, and some content may not be appropriate for Little Dragons. Discretion is advised. I can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work. Determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Hello and welcome to Haya, the only podcast that's broadcast for the badass with a brain and hopefully a sense of humor. Episode 54, recorded August 24th, 2014, starts now. 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 They was rock and rolling. That's right. I did a little head banging and my headphones almost hit the floor. Yeah, he did. <sighs> All right, folks, back once again with you here in the Hiya Studios. Hiya, which we've tightened up a little bit. I've noticed. Made a little space. So you got a little guitar over. Got the little guitar. Got the big one. Got the electric mix. Out. Yeah. Got everything. And got a little broadsword set up right next to it. So just in case you grab the wrong thing, you know, <laughs> death or music. <laughs> and there's axes, and then there's axes. That's right. <laughs> Gotta have a little bit of both. Sometimes you need to ask a question just properly. I ain't axing you, I'm telling you. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. We got a good episode 54 coming up for you. Obviously, uh, Craig S. Keesling is back in the house. Say hi, Craig. Hi, ya. <clears throat> Say hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Okay, brilliant. Um, and me, Dave Jones, back with you once again, as always. Uh, what do we got today, Craig? I'll tell you. No, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Uh, See, that's why we missed you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have a way with words, and other you know? people not have way. I guess <laughs> I have a way, just not with words. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got a way, hey. like a way station. But yeah, I understand we're gonna be talking a little bufa. Yeah, we're gonna do a stance breakdown for you. So uh, throw down the cardboard and turn up the beatbox. <laughs> Break a stance. <laughs> uh, we were talking earlier. You know, you're wishing a martial artist good luck before a fight or something. You tell him go break a stance. <laughs> <laughs> And then, unfortunately, he breaks his pants. And then, <laughs> I think I've seen you do that at a demonstration. It is nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do one of these deep dives. This is some of the stuff we've touched in a scattershot fashion on this show. But this was actually suggested by a listener who sent me a cool email that also had a couple of responses to some previous episode material. Hmm. I looked for it for thirty minutes this afternoon. Couldn't find the damn thing. But if I lost it. Rest assured that at <laughs> if least one it. piece of your email is making it on the air and that this was a listener-suggested topic. Recent, I'll find it. It's just, right. I get mixed up sometimes. So I take it this is in response to our uh, episode we did on the hand shapes? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. uh, the responses were different. He just had uh, two or three suggestions for topics gotcha. at the end of his email. And this is one of them. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to... Deep dive on stances, break it down for you, see what we come up with. Cool. And uh, after that, we'll take a little break, uh, check in in the Champagne Lounge, and uh, we'll get some listener response, which uh, 
We had an email in the last show that asked oh. about uh, solo training. Oh, that's right. And also had some law enforcement related questions. Well, we got a pretty hefty response in from friend of the show. Sweet. Ryan we always Lindsay. like friend of the show. Yeah. And uh, by the way, he's been doing great things for us, folks. I didn't even let him know we we're recording this time, so he couldn't oh, do any news for us. <laughs> <laughs> I just got back in from Colorado. Let me tell you about Colorado real quick. <laughs> I uh, drove out with our buddy Mick. Mm. Uh, we stopped for a couple of nights in Nashville. I got together with uh, most of the guys from the old band. You know, we oh, wow. pounded a few. Had a little fun. Drove out, got all the way into Denver. Spent uh, two nights and one day there picking up a car for me. He's going to stay there and bow hunt some elk. Uh, as he's tend <laughs> to as do. He's want to do. <laughs> yeah, he's getting crazy about that. But I'm telling you, he's he's not going to cut his hair or his beard the whole time he's out there. Oh boy. Mickey Jesus. <laughs> Mickey anyway, Jesus. we'll get him on the show one of these days, folks, and you will be duly entertained. You I, will. I assure you. Uh, he's a very opinionated fellow. How you figure? Uh, just <laughs> figuring. And uh, we partook of some legal goodness while we were up there. Oh, did you now? Oh, we did. We did. How so? Uh, well, it was just legal. It was goodness. <laughs> <laughs> we spent a little time on Broadster Dam, as they oh, call it, in nice. Denver. Yeah. It's so civilized. It's fantastic. It's so civilized. The whole damn country should do it. Just get over yourselves, people. Get hey. out of the way. But that was entertaining. And then I got in the car the next morning and drove straight back from Denver to Atlanta. See? See? I still got it. Do you? My long haul muscle is flexed. Where's the, the car, bro? It's pimping. Dude, where is my car? <laughs> I forgot the car. I walked back. No, the car's in the drive. We got a Subaru Baja. What a goofy little uh, It is awesome strange, but cool car looking. It is. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, we got that listener response from Ryan. Uh, and uh, then after that, you're going to hear about Dave getting himself uh, uh, edumacated in some self-defense. Oh, finally got a ninja certificate. I Excellent. did. Well, they didn't pass out any certificates. They oh. Just, Gave me a little tiara at the end. Hey, so nice. That was the self-defensiest of all. <laughs> no, my, uh, my... Did you wear tight pants? I'm yeah. Doing, all right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was out in public, wasn't I? Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, my my union hall offered a self-defense course. So cool. I thought I would check it out to see what goes on in one of those things nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, I'm kind of protective of the, of the union and my peeps. And <laughs> right. I wanted to see if there was like dangerous horseshit being peddled, <laughs> which it wasn't like that. Good. So they Scream, like claw that. his eyes out. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Uh, it wasn't awesome either. We'll right. talk about it. I took some extensive notes. So we'll, we'll go over that cool. at the end of the show for those that are interested. Um, and for those that aren't, fuck off. That's what I'm talking <laughs> You're about. Listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Oh. All right. Well, we need to professionalize this shit. So we're going to go right. out to the champagne lounge and, and <clears throat> get our ties snugged up and our black belts uh, tightened, <laughs> tightened up. up yeah. And uh, we'll be right back in to uh, stance it up. Hey, dance it up. Go go dancer. Go go dancer. Yeah. Yeah, what? 
Some of us are. I'm still grooving that meditation, baby. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I was so groovy during the intro, I forgot to mention stickers. <laughs> oh, stairs? What stairs? Stairs. <laughs> stickers. Oh. The stairs I'm giving you right now, mister. <laughs> no, we, we got a great big old, again, thanks to Ryan Lindsay, we got a Ooh. great big old box of stickers sitting over here. And uh, I have promised the first five people who send in a contribution for the hey. show on relationships and martial arts, they shall have a free sticker delivered to them, unto them. And Dave is outstretching his hand as he speaks. That's right. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've got one person. There's only one sticker taken so far, so get Come busy, on. people. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, I'm not going to bother because I'm sure those got snapped up. No, no, no. We got one Get your out. sticker. Come on. Yep. Be a part of the show, you know. I was going to kind of wait till I could send them all out at once, but nah, screw it. I'll send it out to to the people who have already done what I asked them to do. That's Damn right. <laughs> so once you see that car in front of you and it says on their tailgate, hi, yeah. bitches, you know yeah. they're talking to you. But uh, just a reminder, folks, send us your personal story of how martial arts has affected your relationships, either positively or negatively. Specific relationship overall made you... A better lover? Okay. You know, whatever. <laughs> whatever you got, send that in, because that show is coming up soon. Nice segue into and, the horse uh, stance. If, any, if anybody else wants a sticker, uh, I'll put something up on the Facebook group or whatever. I don't know. I, I'll have to charge something for them, because there's 50 cents out the door in postage every time yeah. I mail one. So, you know, maybe a couple, three bucks. Uh, extra stickers, 50 cents a piece, because really the stamp is the big thing. But, hey. you know, if you want to buy a few stickers, let me know. We'll hook you up, and all of that money will go into paying things like hosting fees right. and directly show-related uh, things, yeah. like stocking up the champagne lounge. Bingo, yes. bingo. <laughs> and paying for the stickers that I put on my forehead and run around. Sorry. Right. Craig was <laughs> Ryan. I'm sorry, but Craig was dressed only in those stickers the other night. <laughs> it was quite the high up hot. <laughs> That's right. He used up a handful of them. We'll say. <laughs> <coughs> All righty then. Clear your throat because we're about to do a stance <coughs> breakdown. Break stance. I should have had some sort of sound effect for that. You really should have. <laughs> Okay. That was this fat boy. <laughs> the fat boys are back. <laughs> hey. All right. Martial arts talk. Um, all, right. all right. So here's how I, I want to do this, Craig. Tell me mm. if you're on the same page. I'm on the page. You're on the page? All right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to... Oh, man. Shit. <laughs> I couldn't get right. go get my computer. He just but... had a full conversation in his head with himself, didn't he, folks? That was great. <laughs> I had a site pulled up that had all the uh, Japanese names of the stations. Oh, you told me about that. About. Yeah. Yeah. It's all pulled up. It's on my computer. It's in the other room. You want to press what pause? I... No, I'm not slowing down. We can make him up. Hachi no dachi, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I think it's not going to matter because right. the Japanese stylists and other stylists out there will recognize immediately what we're talking about. Because yeah, these kinda. are uh, what I've done is I've narrowed down what I think are like kind of the eight universal stances, okay. and they all have their variations. So we're going to talk a little bit about you know the basic shapes and variations, and then maybe a little bit of the utility associated mm. with these stance, and then some other stuff at the end. So cool. let, let's start from the top. All right, the same place any art that has forms will start. Hachi no dachi. Hachi no dachi. <laughs> Wuji. There we go. 
Wuji is the uh, is the stance before stances, right? Yes. So basically, the a basic version of this would be standing with your feet fairly close together, maybe heels touching, maybe not. Like it could for be instance, shoulder width. Rem- it depends. I remember from looking at the Japanese things, there are actually two technically different stances: the mm. one with the feet together, the feet separated. Right. Um, it kind of falls under the same rubric, though. Okay. It's a standing preparatory stance. A lot of people use this for standing meditation and that sort of thing, or just to center yourself before you do a form. Right. Even well, even in the Chinese, they do um, uh, have an, another one. Some people call yubeisha, which literally means preparation stance. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, you know, that, and then I've also seen wuji. You know, so right. <laughs> Well, what's the difference? Well, just from my experience, I've seen that the preparation is usually knees not bent, uh, feet together, heels touching, or, you know. And then it becomes a different stance yeah. when you bend your knees. Exactly. Usually it kind of goes into. Like Taiji, where you step out to the left. Bingo. And you settle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's transitioning, and we'll get into transitions in a minute, into something more akin to a horse stance. So Mm -hmm. I want to address just the standing stance first. For instance, in in Xing Yi, uh, I'll go to an example I know. But in Xing Yi, you start out with your feet together, hands at your sides, whatever, and Mm -hmm. then you do this little sort of... You know, arms up, arms down, a little punchy, and then you step out into Santi. Right. But before you step out into Santi, your feet don't move, but you go from being double-weighted to to transferring the weight without moving the feet. You transfer the weight back and forth uh, in opposition to where you're putting out power, and your arms move. I hate to go woo-woo here, but, I mean, you know where I'm going with this. I would like it. You did. <laughs> but, you know, it it uh, kind of comes from that whole Taiji thing. You know, there, first there's nothingness, and then there's something, and then there's this right. other something. And, you know, it starts from a philosophical standpoint, but it's it's the same thing of just common sense. You're not doing something. You get yourself settled, empty, relaxed, and stuff before you begin to do something and shift weight, you know. Right. And uh, because it does contain shifting of weight and and other elements, I do count it as a stance. Right. And, for instance, if you want to talk variations, in Bagua, the basic circle walking, before you start, you know, the little yeah. thing we do at the beginning, it's wuji. You're just walking, mm-hmm. you know. And usually we use that period to go from a natural walk and slowly, slowly into a bagua walk. Into a bagua walk. Right. It's sort of a, Can we know, call it a bog walk? A bog walk, sure. All right. <laughs> That'll show up in the next Star Wars movie. Oh, watch. no. You just watch. That's right. Oh, God, it's the bog walks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he really shape-shifted, folks. I'm not great. <laughs> so, but, you know, I think we can go ahead and move along from the Wuji. Yeah. But every, every system is going to have some sort of preparatory stance they do. Usually it'll start out double-weighted. Maybe it'll start shifting the weight, and then you're going to transition to something. Yeah, and if this is something you want to look up, if you're not quite sure what we're talking about, it's usually it's spelled W U J I, um, just nothingness or preparation, whatever you know, that sort of thing. Not yes. boogie, you know, like boogie night all night, maybe <laughs> woogie, not boogie. <laughs> And again, I I feel guilty for all our Japanese stylist listeners. I had the names pulled up and ready to go, but, you know, once you get started. Hachi no dachi, baby. I got you. All right. 
So moving along. Uh, horse dance. Horse dance. This is the one everybody thinks of, even if they don't know no martial arts. Is oh, like you a do buffalo karate, You know, they'll drop down into their horse stance. <laughs> um, so, what are the basic characteristics of a horse dance? Uh, feet go outside. So your feet go out wider than your hips. You tend to you're double weighted. Yeah, it's like one and a half to two weight. sides your uh, shoulder width. Right. I guess right here we'll jump off. Horse stances cover a really broad spectrum from art to art, system mm-hmm. to system. Um, and you know, the you can think of the basic Shaolin horse stance, which is five uh, herky feet out, <laughs> <laughs> or about double shoulder width. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's a nice flat thighed uh, deep stance. The especially like also in some of the southern system like Hungar and stuff like that, they'll yeah. make sure where the thighs are parallel to the ground and yeah. all that good stuff. And each style is going to have a little bit different way of telling you how to hold your spine or where mm-hmm. your butt needs to go out or tuck under. Um, but all of those fall under the rubric of a horse stance. Right. And, uh, you know, in, in, in Bagua, for instance, the horse stance is an arch. So it's about, um, you know, one and a half shoulder width. Right, right. So you're not really going for depth. You're not trying to make your thighs parallel to the ground in most cases. That It becomes a squat when you do. Right. So we do that, too. But um, it's, uh, it's you're looking for a natural arch, you know. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, then there's systems like Wing Chun, for instance, that, uh, what do they call it? The goat, goat riding, riding stance. stance Pigeon toed. Yeah, it's not need, but that's still considered a horse riding stance or right. a goat riding. Well, it's a horse yeah. stance in in the fact that it's um It's foundational. Yeah. And it's foundational. I mean, one of the most common sayings in Kung Fu, at least, is, you know, if you don't have a good horse, you don't have Kung Fu, regardless right. of what else you can do. And this stance is also the poster boy for uh, endurance training, right? Mm-hmm. You know, or testing people. Oh, you yeah. Know, sit the horse stance. I, I, you know, I can remember it sucked to test in Shaolin classes because <laughs> you would have to hold a horse stance for X number of minutes, depending on what level you were at. It also sucked to be an observer That's at right. the test if you were in class because you didn't have to do the stuff the testee did, but what you did have to do was sit there respectfully in a horse stance the entire the time. time they tested. Yep. <laughs> and that's to you, Robert. Yeah. One of my students about to test on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, indeed. And I bet a bunch of your students who have tested before and watched other tests will be mysteriously absent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, then um, another stance that's uh, kind of similar to the Wing Chun horse stance, if you will, or the goat riding stance, pigeon toed, whatever you want to call it. Some people even call it a triangle stance because of the shape it makes, you know, below the knees mm-hmm. um, is like with uh, a lot of Hakka systems, Hakka based styles like uh, Southern Praying Mantis, Joklum, uh, White Eyebrow, stuff like that. It's similar to that stance, but it's it's wider. And let's say if you were in a, a right stance, a right version of this, you'd have your right foot forward a little bit more. They're both toed in, and you're still kind of pulling the knees in or closing the quads and that kind of thing. But it's bigger and wider than you'd see in Wing Chun. Um, but, yeah, they, a lot of times and they'll call that a Dai Ma, a big horse, you know. Right, yeah. right. And, uh, like, even the sort of the knock-kneed, thighs-touching version mm-hmm. appears in a lot of systems. Like, it's not just in Wing Chun. Bagua right. has it. It's a basic toe-in. Oh, know? good point. Uh, but we don't hold it, so we right. often don't consider it a stance. Mm-hmm. Mm, we'll, di- we'll dig into that a little more <laughs> as we move along. 
But yeah, horse dances. I mean, your classical horse dance, if we want to start talking about a little bit. And of course, we're not ever going to touch all the utility in any of these stances. No. What we're going to try to do is just give you a, you know, a basic example or two. And everybody already knows this. If you, if you don't have this in your system... It is something that will build your strong legs, your strong root. Yeah. Um, and like if you were, you know, a grappler type thing, um, you know, you don't want to think of it just as, you know, back upright and so on and so forth. But think about it when you're about to wrestle, you know, the way you set your ass down and get rooted, getting ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And well, look, grapplers out there in the audience, pay close attention to this because you've got all this stuff too. You probably yep. just haven't had it broken down for you in this. You know, your bow stance is your sprawl with mm-hmm. one leg for support. Right. Uh, you know, you're going to see all of this as mm-hmm. we go through it. Uh, some version of it in your shit. Oh, yeah. There's something in your shit that's kind of <laughs> like our shit. <laughs> it's usually corn, but you know. <laughs> yeah, peanuts. Um, <clears throat> Cotton candy. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> That did not pass through. <laughs> that was applied to the other end. Um, so we're talking a little bit about utility is just aside from the strength building and all that stuff is uh, cotton candy. <laughs> the uh, the the side on aspect of a basic horse stance. You know? Right, right. Um, you know, if you if you you do a lot of drills early on where you'll be holding a horse stance maybe and punching in front of you. Mm-hmm. That never happens in real life. No, you're not going to use that. What they're doing is isolating your top and your bottom. Mm-hmm. So they're making you just hold a difficult stance while your top half learns the mechanics of the punch before you start involving the rest of it, right. or whatever it is you're doing. And again, we 24, do this, we do this in 24 <laughs> and go. Yeah. And, uh, it, but you're, you know, you're not going to punch someone in front of you holding a horse stance. Right. Why? Well, because they will probably, even if you hit them in the mouth and they fall over, their feet flying up will kick you in the balls. Right. <laughs> so think of it coming in from the side. Bingo. Yeah. And that's where all the ninjas come from anyway. Mm-hmm. But you'll see this stance actually used a lot when you manage to enter, you know, um, left arm to left arm, side to side with somebody, or left arm to right arm, side by side with somebody. There's mm-hmm. a lot of great throws that are set up. One of my favorite throws in the world is just skipping in when you're uh, reversed with somebody, but side to side. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're trying to cut down the targets and angle on you, yeah, you pair something inward and just skip in and just set in a horse stance behind them. Oh, yeah. But make sure that the outside foot of your horse stance is around that's Their proper bufa. That's leg technique. Yep. They just go down. Mm-hmm. Um, if, when your body bumps into them, they fall. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know it, that I think is hitting the with primary. the shoulders, yeah. hitting with the knees, hitting with the ankles or the instep yeah. as you just drop into the stance. And then, of course, like in uh, you know our system, we do a lot of just from a quote unquote bow or fighting stance. Somebody throws something, and I just pivot into a sideways facing stance while I drop super low lifting a quote-unquote block you know from behind me and then that jab right in the short ribs yeah you know, is, is pretty and that's nice. a classic shaolin posture yeah, it is. one hand over the head the uh-huh. jab out boom <laughs> um so you know this is this is what you're looking at with the horse stance it's got a lot of lateral stability virtually no head-on stability no so but it, be aware it'll build them legs that's everybody knows it builds nice good legs absolutely all right. Well, let's go ahead and keep moving through these so we can expand out a little bit from this. Uh, cotton candy. Cotton candy. Number three is the bow stance. Hey. Bow and arrow stance. The uh, Bow and Luke Duke. Yeah. 
Dong Aero Bu. stance. Uh, what is the Gongbu? Gongbu. Yeah, Gong. Y'all be our Gongbu. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's what a, was that? Will y'all be our Gongbu? <laughs> Come on, y'all. How we left and right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> y'all bien, zuo bien, yeah. Y'all be our, y'all be our gongbu, zuo be our gongbu, doi la. Yeah, crazy. So this is where you've got most of the weight in the front leg. It's a yes. lunge or a lunge, a forward stance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, another name some people call it an archer stance. Um, and the main reason because of the of that is the construction of the stance. You know, your front leg's bent with all the weight. Well, a lot of the weight, depending upon right. what style you hear, different percentages. Back leg is, some people say straight locked. I don't like that. I keep it kind of bent at the knee a little bit. But, yeah, it's it's if you were to look at um, yourself doing this stance and looking at the reflection in a pond, let's say, of yourself doing it, or your shadow plus you, the front part makes kind of a, a bolt like an arrow and the back part is your bowstring being drawn back you know that's where right. i see <laughs> and uh <clears throat> this is one of those that um you know of course it's trained long for flexibility and strength just mm-hmm. like horse dances are trained long and low for the same reasons um but it's also just a step right it's a piece of a step you put the weight in the front leg, and then the back leg is unweighted. Right. So, um, you know, it can it can be shallow or deep. Uh, what was I going to say? Cotton candy. No, that's what you were going to say over and over again, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really helping me keep on track with this. So thanks. It's not a problem. <laughs> Both stance, step forward, back, side to side. Right, right. Dip. When I do the dip... <laughs> but the bow stance is about putting power forward yes it is you're taking a step you're throwing your body weight into something and this one opposite of the horse stance this one's got a lot of front on not much lateral you know you're side Mm -hmm. to side now most people you know i've noticed they're when they're trained formally in basics Mm -hmm. you'll have the whole locked back leg the very long stance the very thing but when a very 90 degree angle and yeah yeah. you watch people do advanced forms though and suddenly Mm -hmm. the feet widen out like they're on train tracks the Mm -hmm. back leg bends you know and it becomes a whole kind of different animal at that point and that's just really a much more natural way of doing it. But it, it's good training it to is. do the formal version until you really nail it into your system. Yeah, it's it's a stretch in and of its own self just to, quote unquote, walk a bow stance, a nice, deep, like front leg thigh parallel to the ground and being able to walk without raising your head up. You know? Yes, the whole ceiling. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, that's nice. And I've probably saved myself dozens of muscle pulls out on <laughs> slick grass in the park when you go to throw the punch or you're doing your technique and you step and your front foot goes zoot about a foot <laughs> yep. further out than you intended for it to go and you just wind up in a long, low bow stance yeah, <laughs> because you're used to it mm-hmm. instead of tearing your groin all to pieces. And you, you know, if you're used to it, you can land with juice and still be aware instead well, you of can keep whoop right falling on going. over. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> So, um, you know, right there, you've got your horse and your bow. Those are the like the king and the queen of stances right mm-hmm. there. You've got your lateral strength and your forward strength. Right. Um, let's move along. Uh, All right. Do we want to talk about any variations or anything in particular you want to mention about this as we're going through with the, with um, the stance? You know, I want to say if you just shorten it up and sync 
weight back minus all the other principles you got another stance but yeah yeah but i'm gonna throw that one in under the cat stance all right <laughs> i see where you're going all right so let's go ahead and move along number four tiger stance oh tiger Are we you call the it tiger? the tiger yeah but basically the tiger is a 60 40 70 30 uh, uh squatting on one leg stance Sulu. yeah, yeah. And again, you're going to see tons of variation between systems and styles. But uh, like most of the places I've experienced this, the feet face forward, mm-hmm. and you're just squatting down to one side. Mm. Um, I've also like this. A variation of this one would be the deity step in Bagua, where the front foot points forward, but you're in roughly the same configuration otherwise, right. which changes it. Instead of the knees both going out with the toes, the knee goes up on the forward foot. It's you know, it's a variation, but it's still got that same effect of 70% or so weight on one leg right. dropping You'll back. see it all the time, and in, 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 uh, I see it all the time in internal systems. The Bagua, the Xingyi, and uh, I can recognize it all the time in Chen style. I see it all over the place. Chen style Taiji. But, yeah. Right. So, what about... Uh, I hope hopefully that description is clear enough. Uh, if you're in a bow stance, sink your weight back, basically. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but or in a horse stance, you know, you, you can wind uh, yeah. it out a little. Yeah, right. you can just stay facing the same direction, and just sink onto one leg. Mm-hmm. But that also goes almost into poo the drop stance, you know. But well, I would say the range of this stance goes from you know barely weight on one leg right. more than the other all the way to what we call a lying leg stance where essentially your heels resting on the ground, your toes pointing up because there's no weight. In right. Leg. Right. Um, and your butt's almost touching the ground, mm-hmm. uh, which we would do tons of drills, you know, the thigh slappies and that sort of stuff. Yep. Toe up, toe down. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? <laughs> You know, by the end of it, you toe up. All right? <laughs> <laughs> you toe down so much, you toe up. But. <laughs> so utility. Utility. Well, what I'll throw out here is this is the stance that gives you ability to do a wave like motion with your whole body. So And that's just fun. Yeah. Like <laughs> like you fucking you bump forward against something and you grab, let's say, an arm and you just drop into your <laughs> yeah. ass and you take that arm to the ground with you. Because you know? usually their head's gonna go to the ground right. too, yeah. You know, and something like Bogwa, it's used to insert a leg mm. while doing other stuff before you put the weight on the leg. Though. Oh, I see. So yeah, you yeah. sneak the leg in there, and then when you shift your weight, you're already positioned. Sometimes your leg is through their center or behind them, and right. they don't even realize it moved over there because your head's maintaining a certain height. So then would you consider maybe even a seven star to kind of fit in there in that utility? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. Seven stars more forward oriented. Right. Well, f- technically forty five degrees off, but right. Again, I, it, that's it's all going to change. Yeah, is. I could throw either there or maybe into the cat category mm-hmm. because you know there's the same weight thing. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm always getting asked, "Is it cat or seven star for this?" Come on, <laughs> doesn't really make that much of a difference, and depending upon what you're going to use it for. Right. Anyway, well, the the seven star is an overt step kick. Too. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't ever realize. <laughs> well, it's that special kind of. I mean, it's seven star madness. That's right. Yeah. No, that's when I think seven star. I think okay, you've angled on someone, and you reach across to their opposite leg, and you put your heel on the ground right beside the inside of their ankle, and mm-hmm. then you roll your weight into it. Yeah. And it yeah. goes from seven star into a bow stance, and hopefully you 
Well, that's, uh, yeah, for us, that's just basically a transition walking into a stance. Slip the leg, and while while you're occupying their eyes or arms, and then you roll into it. Yeah. And the hands are the least bit of it. (laughs) So as you can see, when we get into something like Tiger, we're starting to get into sneaky feet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, again, as far as basic utility for this, I would, would, uh, everybody can identify something from their style, whether it's MMA or whatever where you're pushing into someone and they're pushing back and you decide it's more useful to give and direct them downward at Mm -hmm. that point. So an arm bar is an easy way to think of it. Yeah. You're grappling, you're punching, whatever you get a hold of a wrist and get a forearm against an elbow and you just drop and swing your hips over into this stance and try to, you know, bring their nose to the ground. Right. Right. So anything you want to add to that one, Craig? Cat candy. Okay. Uh, listeners write in about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move along number five, the cat All right. stance. The cat stance. She <laughs> <laughs> uh, the cat stance is one leg with most of the weight, the other leg knee bent kind of out in front, and some smaller percentage of weight on that. Right. Some people might call it a shoe or an empty stance, um, you know. Mm-hmm. But here again, you know, when you say empty stance, that's already saying what you believe the weight distribution is. Right. You know, and you can have an empty front leg, and if the toe touches the ground, they'll call it a cat stance. Cat yep. stance. In my experience, most systems they'll put twenty, thirty percent of their weight on that. Mm-hmm. So it's sometimes a, even gripping with that front toe. Right. Well, like the 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 cat stance in Bagua. The ball of your foot touches the ground. Right, right, right. Whereas with Shaolin, a lot of times you'll turn it out. And it's mm-hmm. a kind of a different purpose when you start doing that with it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but they all fall under that same rubric of you have most of your weight on the back leg. It's loaded like a spring. And the mm-hmm. front one is touching the ground, but not with so much weight on it that you couldn't like immediately kick with it, for instance. Right. <clears throat> and your overall height can adjust. You know, you can be casual with it and it just a high basin stance, barely a bend in that knee. But... Um, you know, also not just for training, but tactical purposes, you might bend that back weighted leg, um, a whole hell of a lot. Oh too, yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's plenty of people who are really good at these stances. You can look up online oh, yeah. and, and see people, you know, sitting with their thighs parallel and cat stances. Mm-hmm. Um, some folks say back straight. Some people will say no, uh, yes, straight, but not straight to the ceiling, perhaps. But right. in a different uh, leaning, but straight. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So again, there's a huge amount of variation. We can't cover all that. What we're trying to get at here is the essence of the stance. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me throw this out there, just in case you, there's anybody that's going to be listening to this and actually trying this, um, trying to see. Oh, okay, I know what this is. Just my own personal thing, throwing a teachy thing out there. Always make sure, regardless, have your knees pointed in the same direction as your toes, folks, especially if you try to sink really low and try to get real strong legs. Mm-hmm. Um, knees are worse to go and first to go, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Safety first with your joints. That's right. Um, and this is, you know, anytime you single load a leg to the extent you'll do with cat and crane mm-hmm. stances and stuff, you've got to be careful about your form. Yeah. Yeah, Especially structure. if you do it correctly, though, it will build up those tendons and, mm-hmm. you know, smaller muscles around your knees and actually make you more resistant to injury. Exactly. But if you start off going wrong, you're just, you know. Yeah. Take the time to get the technique right before you start being all heroic with uh, with your. That's stances. right. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, as as far as utility with a cat, for one thing, like you know, Santi is a version of cat stance in my book because okay. it's you know sixty forty, um, you know, or a little more, a little less, whatever right. in some schools. But basically, what it is, you got a lead leg and a back leg loaded like a spring. You go from that Santi stance, that cat stance, into a lunge. And then mm-hmm. immediately catch up the back leg. So it's like a slinky moving down the, you know. Bimbo. Bimbo. Uh, there you go. Um, Bimbo stepping. And uh, <clears throat> that's or, kind of the essence of it. It's, it's You can move into a lunge from that stance, but you can do it in pretty much any direction. Yeah. It's also the, the typical thing of somebody's coming towards you. You take a step back. You're in a cat for half a second before that front foot you know, snaps right up in their face or the groin or whatever it might be. Right. Um, yeah, it's a great. It's a know. great load up for a front snap kick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great transitional stance. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, indeed. you know, people who do a ton of kicking in their arts can transition from that chamber, basically, mm-hmm. with the front toe touching the ground into virtually any front oh, yeah. kick that they want to do. Oh, yeah. And one easy way to think of the cat stance, too, because, um, you know, if you're from a style but don't recognize the name or maybe the description, just think of literally a cat. If you, you know, a toy pool, a uh, playful cat, you know, you throw a string at it and it, it's getting ready. It's it's getting ready to pounce. You know, you see it rearing up kind of behind. And <laughs> that's why they call it the cat stance. Right. You know, it's it's it, that hidden load. potential yep. energy. Yes, yep. it's juice ready to fire you can step in any direction it can throw a kick with that front foot you know mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a good basic utility stance that's it why is. i included it in my top eight hey <laughs> there you go and uh yeah kitty kitty yeah so you know let's uh let's move on to its cousin here number six oh <clears throat> the crane stance Oh, sweep the leg, Johnny. That's right. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> that crane stance in that Karate Kid movie. I don't that know just fucked all us all up, didn't it? Yeah. It really did. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking ruined it. <laughs> so the crane stance differentiates from the cat in that the foot, the toe don't know, touch the ground. <laughs> no, it don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> all you do is lift that knee up and you, from a cat and you're there. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> but you could, you know, I've seen, uh, well, not just seen, but... You can let that foot just hang where it was when you naturally pick it up, or you can kind of tuck it and like proactively guard the ball, you know, the groin area. Right. <clears throat> and you'll see different styles that, you know, they'll do things like that. One, because you can protect different areas. You can use mm-hmm. it more like a scoop or whatever mm-hmm. by changing it, but also you can make it look more or less fancy like an animal or something, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, and make it more artistic by doing that too. Aesthetically pleasing. For instance, the version and gal style of this uh, of the crane stance is, uh, you know, when you're ending the posture, basically you've seen it in every piece of Indian. <laughs> he just showed us all. He just showed us. Well, all. Well, I was what doing it? that for your benefit. Oh, Brent. thank you. But you know, you're standing. You've got one foot off the ground with a relaxed ankle. You know, right around somewhere between your other knee and your waist in height, mm-hmm. and your body's twisted. On the top part and towards the circle. To me, it looks like it, when I think of Shui Jiao, I just think of that movement as yeah. a throw. Just a very typical bam. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that takes us into utility with this. You know, if that foot is off the ground, you're either kicking with it or you're facilitating a throw. Or, yeah. Or you're having your leg sweep, Johnny. You know, I mean. Or you're preventing your leg being swept, Johnny. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
Yes, you have to be move a quick step back, mm-hmm. step forward. But also, I, you know, people say, oh, crane, yeah, it's because the cranes, they stand on one leg and they can do it for a long time. They hold the breath and all that kind of crap. Um, no, for me, uh, it's very, and, and they say defensive and all this. Um, for me, I actually see it as, uh, you know, stepping forward, block with a hand, whatever, just get inside a gate and do a crane, you know, in their personal space. And immediately, you know, you're breaking ribs with your pretty crane stance. Yeah. It's a knee strike. Knee strike. Absolutely. Uh, And you can refer to Tontoy if you want to. Yes, indeed. I consider holding those kicks straight out in front of you for five (laughs) breath counts to be crane stances, essentially. I can see that. Uh, and you also have to literally go from one of those straight into a jump off that single mm-hmm. leg. So, you know, that um, when we talk about the, the strength building aspect of it. That'll do you. That will do you, sir. <laughs> that will do you, sir. <laughs> you know, doing all 12 lines of Tontoy in a five count on each posture. Woof. <laughs> What a freaking workout. It'll do. To get into the jumping and the later ones off that, you know, hold it out there. Okay, now jump. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Takes you 20 minutes to go through. And look, that holding that leg out there really does some weird developmental things. Oh, yes, it does. Um, you grow these little baseballs in your legs <laughs> yep. and hips of weird muscle you didn't know you had. <laughs> but, it, 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 you know, you, you, you appreciate it when you do need to kick kind of strong from a strange situation, you know, uh, and that strange uh, encounter. Not yeah. strange, but, you know, you're really close and you just do the same kicking motion or use those same – um, muscles and all of a sudden it's a knee strike. You didn't intend it that way, but bam, yeah. it works out nice. And some systems don't focus as much on that when it comes to kicking, and you see more chambered kicks in those systems. Mm-hmm. Whereas systems that do a lot of crane stances or holding an extended leg out, what you'll see is kind of just almost like jerked from the hip, sort of straight leg oh, yeah. appearing kicks. But there's actually it's working all the way down the the leg. It yeah. just looks a little weird because it's weird development. It is. It is. Strange, something I'm not completely familiar with, but I've seen it and I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Right. Um, anything else on the crane, Craig? Any any variations of the crane you've? Um. um got any candy? <laughs> Jesus, it's gonna be one of those ones. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll move along to number seven. Uh oh, seven's where it's at. I think. Yep. Chibu. Seven, we get twisted. Ah, let's do it. It's the twisty stance, the unicorn stance, the whatever you want to call it when you dance stance. Hey, man, <laughs> did I just do that in my pants stance? I think you did. All right. <laughs> um, so this is this can be anything from what we call a steal a step, where if you're sitting in that classic horse stance. Or bow stance. Or bow stance. You just take. One foot and whip it behind the other one. <laughs> one foot, foot pointed what's previously forward, and the other one's pointed the other way. That made sense. Didn't? Yeah, it really did. Basically, we've all seen these stances, though. We've probably all. Or you could them. do it forward, too. It's like all you got to say is if you just take a step forward and then twist your body to the left. Step forward with your right, twist your body to the left. Um, or twist it to the right. It would be step with the right, twist to the right. right. Yeah, there step we go. Step with the left, twist to the left. There you go. So, yeah, step out with your forward leg. And if it's your left leg, then just pivot on the heel of that forward leg till you're facing the left. And then sink down till your knee is about a fist off the ground. Mm-hmm. 
and it's beside the other knee. That's yep. that's the classic version of it. Yeah, that's a classic unicorn, if you will. Yeah, and your legs Neuma. look twisted, so we call it a twisty stance. They can also be tucked in tight together. You can be sitting on your heel. You can be you sitting can way up high. Heel. You can be way up high. Um, you- Super utilitarian stance, but mm-hmm. for those who who don't who aren't familiar with it would obviously not see it immediately because there's not a whole if you're not trained a lot not a whole lot of uh, stability not a place you're going to stay very long and do stuff but as we'll get into it is pretty awesome yeah. for other reasons and this is one like it's great for training because it's a difficult position oh like, yeah doing twisty walks and stuff like that is you know builds up a, a wide range of flexibility and, and motion in your lower body it does it's i tell my students i say you thought horse was bad holding the horse that's why we call this unicorn it's a horse with a horn on its head brother <laughs> <laughs> try holding this well we used to do drills a lot where for instance you would hold a horse and then you would jump into the air and tuck into a twisted stance and land facing that's behind right. you and then jump out of that back into a horse stance you know that yeah. sort of thing so it's a good, it's another one of these you know developmental categories that the stances fall into uh, mm-hmm. work in different aspects, but as far as utility, I think the easiest thing I can throw out here for this is let's say somebody throws the right arm out at you and you grab a hold of it and you decide you want to do a shoulder throw. Oh, so you know their right arm's out, your left leg is forward, you grab a hold of that arm and then you do a twisted stance and you will be back to back with them yeah. immediately. Just pivot, <laughs> yeah. pivot and turn. Right. Back to back, belly to belly, and to something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so it's great for getting yourself back to back with somebody for a throw. Right, right. Um, shoulder to shoulder, whatever it might be, you know, depending mm-hmm. upon that throw that you're going to do. Yep. It's it. You just think of it as the wind up before the <laughs> release. <laughs> yeah. It literally, your body winding up, coils up. Before this one really you know. lives in the transition. It you know? is. Yeah. Because you're going to almost always pivot right back out of that into a horse stance or something else. Mm-hmm. Um, or you I, might step. It depends yeah, how you want to release. I that. see a lot of systems that use uh, these kind of stances to sneak in underneath. Mm-hmm. So you step forward in, in a natural bow stance. It looks like you're going to punch or something, and then you twist into one of these. Not only does it give that back extended arm range. extended range, but it really drops your height. Yes, it does. And, it again, you've, it's great for combos. One, two, and you, if you drop low, and then when you come up out of it, you can come up high if you want. Um, but also, if when you're stepping forward into this stance, literally just taking a step, that step in its own right, the stepping down is a knee strike you know it's a knee kick a stomp kick yeah you know. uh, uh, hang and gal mm-hmm. right um basically you whop up this big hit yourself in the chest with your knee knee kick but then you push out with the foot already twisted right and land in a twisty stance mm-hmm. and that allows you to haul the back leg through unobstructed yes indeed <laughs> so it's also good for clearing like i remember in uh when i was doing chin style taiji one of the basic drills was you step out into a low twisty, and then you stand upright and front snap, and or mm-hmm. do a swing kick either right. way. And then you step that foot down into a low twisty, step up, snap mm-hmm. the kick. So it's up, down, up, down, pumping the legs. Yep. Good S- stuff. Sneaking low, kick high. That's right. <laughs> and one of the reasons that um, <clears throat> it's kind of, you know, this stance, um, and I'm glad you chose to call it twisted. This is, uh, you know, when I wrote my little documents for my students, I call it the twisted family because there's so many different variations and different styles of this, and it's so transitional. Um, 
And sometimes in the Chinese, you'll find it even under so many different names, not just because of the stance, but more so of how you got into the stance or what the intention is behind it. Like mm -hmm. steal a step. It's not necessarily the stance. It's what you're doing with it. You're either stealing their step, you know, literally when you're pulling that leg back, you're dragging their foot or perhaps doing a quote unquote foot sweep, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. While you're you're stepping backwards, obviously the top part of your body, your hands, are not going to be going backwards. They're going to be going forward, you know, and yeah, doing an interesting throw or lay down that way as well. Yeah, and that touches on the uh, the concept of every step is a kick. So all these yeah. stances naturally lead to different types of kicks and stomps and everything else. Mm -hmm. And again, we'll hit that a little bit more here in a second when we get to the transitions because we've there almost run through the. Excuse me. Cotton We've candy. almost <laughs> run through the basic eight. Um, so anything else on the twist? Oh, I, one thing I did want to mention about the twisty yeah. is if you keep twisting it, you will wind up sitting on the ground. Yes, you will. Your legs crossed in a rather awkward looking fashion. It's basically a half too. lotus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for meditation, you pop down. It is also, yeah. And when I was younger, I used to be able to twist all the way down into that and then just kind of pop off the ground and switch my legs. There you go. <laughs> twist up the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, yeah, to be young again. Ah, yes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, luckily that doesn't come up too often in day-to-day -day life. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did used to break it out at the raves. That was like my there big thing. You, you know, wear my kilt dancing. You do that right. full spin all the way to the floor. Yeah. Back up. <laughs> Corkscrew right yeah. back out. The kilted tornado, man. <laughs> People are stopping to applaud, baby. <laughs> you go down in your kilt, but you come back up under someone else's. That's the weird part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like whack-a-mole. <laughs> <laughs> all right so moving along number eight the kneeling stance a kneeling stance and this is one a lot of people forget but i swear i see it in virtually every martial art i ran across oh yeah um, it's it's so popular that even action uh, uh choreographers and stuff like that you know they call it that tripod thing because you'll see it in every single action movie when somebody lands from a jump yeah you've got to get in the tripod look at the camera if you're a superhero then probably the ground shakes yeah you punch the ground and it cracks exactly at the same time. Yeah. but basically when we talk a kneeling stance you step out not too far with your front foot about the length of your shin mm -hmm. and then simply bring your other knee down toward the ground until it's you know we you know most of the stuff i've done you'd say it's the it's a fist width on yeah. the ground so your shin is parallel the yeah, the sometimes the front thing. foot will be pointing straight ahead, sometimes pointing in a, a different direction, depending. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, again, some people want you to hold your butt off your heel. Some mm. people let you put your butt on your heel while you're Yeah, true. And if you want to hold it for a long time, that's definitely the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, again, this one, you know, it crops up. It's in Gao style. It's in Shaolin. It's in Hungar. It's in everything I've ever touched, including Ishinru, you know? Yeah. Um, so aside from kneeling down and punching someone square in the dick, <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah, it's one. to me, it's, it's another, it's just a, a, a variety of twist it, without so much twist. Um, because if you've got the front foot, both feet pointing forward, it is definitely not something stable. It's not something you're going to hang out yeah. and you'll get just shoved over easy, but it's something very quick. If you know, like a, a, a nice i like it with the uppercuts yeah. uh, if something's coming at me and i go into a kneel and i 
pound that back leg down right at the same time my uppercut's coming in there and I'm coming from the ground up. But because it's so low, you can literally push off of that back foot that, you know, and just drive all that force up. Mm-hmm. So that's personally where I where I like it. And for instance, uh, you take it from a grappling perspective, basically mm-hmm. when you're charging in for a single leg pickup or a double leg pickup, you're you, going to hit some variation of a kneeling yeah, stance in there at some and, point. Well, yeah, right. Uh, it's right at the point of contact, uh, yes. basically, when your shoulder's hitting them. Or, you when know, you're doing when your a single leg, a slip them, in there. Yeah. yeah. And then you're going to explode out of that. Mm-hmm. So consider it the lunge in, load, and explode. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I got the rise. Yes, tonight, you do. And and that one had some, uh, you know, double entendres. That was nice. Yeah. Cotton candy. <laughs> Lunge and load explode, people. That's what grappling's all about. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh Tap boy. out, man. Tap out. Uh, <laughs> so, and hopefully, you know, you can refer back through all of these. And I think any system you're in, you'll see a version of all eight of these in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, is there anything crucial that we... A category unto itself that we left out here at this point or do you think this is not that i can think of no i think that's good not that i can either because frankly just about any other stance you go to becomes one of the other stances yeah like you know some people might say what about the reverse bow no that's just you're in a bow you sink the weight back and you might be in now what we're talking about 60 40 Right, the, yeah, the, the tiger stance, yeah. the you know the lying leg, the the liangi, right. I mean, not the uh, the uh, deity <laughs> step. Yep. Um, so again, all variations on these concepts. Mm-hmm. All right, so everybody thinks about stances from a static position at first. Right, that's how we like it, and that's your training, your gong, right? <laughs> you, you get in that thing and you hold that puppy. Yeah, building strength, building what we call in Chinese arts root, but getting grounded, learning to find your center of gravity, your body mass, and all that. You know, especially you grapplers know right off the bat what we're talking about with that. You know, right, and uh, even boxers, for instance, uh, boxers don't, and there's a lot of asian systems and whatever they don't really hold stances a lot they mm-hmm. do them more moving you know they don't do a ton of static stance work right but some styles do do a lot of static stance work mm-hmm. at the beginning um they all tend to make a move you know oh, yeah <laughs> as they go along but something is very important i think it is good to do static stance work because as your muscles fatigue you will learn whether or not your bones uh body structure yes and everything else are set in the right position and you can make micro adjustments while you're doing that to feel out a better stance mm-hmm. oh i need to open my quad a little more or my inguinal fold exactly i need to do this i need to do that if i do this it hurts less for a minute you know that right. sort of thing it really not only is it building strength and it's building strength isometrically yeah basically yeah. It's building up body smarts. It gives you a chance to kind of relax. Now, I think once you're past the intermediate stage, long stance holding. It's not all that important. It's not that important because you should have already learned that lesson by then. And you need to be concentrating more on transitions and movement. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, you know, I think it's great. But, for instance, if I mentioned boxing a second ago. If you look at boxing, they don't do stance work, right? Because they have a limited suite of what they're going to do. They're not worried about setting up throws. They're not worried about catching kicks or throwing kicks. Mm-hmm. All they're doing is positioning to throw powerful punches. Right. But as rudimentary as it is, they've got most of these stances to some degree or another. They got you just the sweet make them dance. really small. Yeah. And um, 
and they acknowledge any he good can't boxer float like acknowledges a, he can't float like a hummingbird. Footwork is super important. Yeah, even though they only have these kind of small shifty stances, you know they 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 rely a lot on bow stances. Mm-hmm. One one leg a little bit further, but they're shifting back and forth between a cat and a bow, and a cat and a bow. They're taking sometimes right Santi, sometimes sometimes yeah. yeah, you know, and even boxers are making use of most of these stances. You know? Yeah. But it's, you know, they wouldn't be calling it that because it's not Chinese or right. Japanese. It's right. not an Asian martial art. And because they don't ever need to do them low and exactly. because they don't ever need to think about them as kicks, they don't have to train them as extensively as that. All they need is a good, stable platform Functional. to move, you know, to angle and move to, well, to land Even punches. if you take a, you know, this is a wide leap, but another art, um, uh, capoeira, um, you know, you've got for them what they call their horse would be the Jenga. You know, they don't ever stand still. But if you were to isolate it and break it down, say, okay, stop right now. There's a horse. There's a bow. There's a back weight. It's just all in transitional. Yeah, yeah. even a steal a step. Mm-hmm. So it's all built into that one movement. And for instance, in Gal, like in the 24, the 24 basic exercises, we will hold a horse stance mm-hmm. and sometimes shift it from <coughs> horse to bow, horse to bow, horse to bow while we're doing these things. Right. But that's the only time we have anything static yeah um like i said our wuji is walking you mm-hmm. know, it's not static and all the other stances are, are moving you'll set in something for just a second to finish what you're doing and then immediately move on right and i think that's you know that's where all styles eventually go is you know however they get you there is let's move this thing exactly and then you start looking at ways of moving. Like, usually you start out with basic drills, right? Mm-hmm. Shaolin's got a great bunch of these. You know, right. like the Tai Chi hands drill. The, mm-hmm. I have my nicknames for them. The five basic <laughs> stance drill, right? Yeah. The, and that's a horse bow crane. A horse bow extend. cat crane extend, yep. Yep. And then back through it and right. on the other side. It's the anatomy of a snap kick, we yeah. call it. Yeah. It's still formalized, but it gives you, again, the chance to experiment and soak up optimizing Mm-hmm. these different positions and also just gaining the strength to execute them well, well and another thing that we we try to touch on you know as the students getting um, more familiar with these stances and legs are getting stronger is how much space you take up right which is key mm-hmm. now i mean because spacing and distancing and and you know combative things is pretty important um, you know, if you don't know how far you can reach with your hand from this stance, how far you can reach from this stance, you know, it's that's going to be a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> and there's also drills that expand the stances, for mm-hmm. instance, uh, things like Ed Grimley's, which, oh, yeah. which make you use a crane stance to actually lift yourself off the ground and turn around mm-hmm. as a setup for doing tornado kicks or whatever, mm-hmm. or throwing flying knees, you know, right. um, the, and there's way too much of this to even get into <laughs> yeah but uh one of the concepts i wanted to bring up about this is uh the northern shaolin you do has a uh, has a concept called the compendium mm-hmm. you want to explain that to the listeners as far as um, dance training yeah sure it's 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 really cool because it brings out the idea that all this fancy crap that you you can see and that you can learn are nothing but the basics with combinations tweaks here and tweaks here and all it is is taking the five basic stances from a basic stance drill we just talked about the horse bow cat crane extend your leg as in a kick and then just reverse it and we kind of start 
in the center of a compass wheel, if you will, and say, okay, we're in a horse stance and we're looking north. And then we take our right leg and we go to the next stance, which is a bow stance. But right leg to the north, make a bow stance. Then come back to the horse in the center. The right leg moving in a clockwise direction around the circle. Now to the east, make a bow stance, horse to bow stance back. And then to the south, and then the west, all in a clockwise. And then we reverse that, and then we go counterclockwise, and then we switch the feet. But it's interesting because it goes horse to bow, horse to cat, horse to crane, and you you take every possible combination and permutation of these basic stances and the idea is just to um you know it's not a form it's just a drill to get comfortable in finding a way that is optimal for you personally to transition into a place and feel grounded you know and it's really really cool because you you'll end up coming up with all these crazy kicks just from you know a cat into extending your leg out there because you have to go all the way around this circle um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, but we call it the compendium and it, it is a time taker. It takes up literally, you know, weeks yeah, and weeks and weeks it to be get frustrating, it all. but it's a great fluency drill. It really, really is footwork and a strength builder too. Cause yeah. it takes a lot of endurance and frustration to work it out. It does. But you know, what you said there sort of leads us into the last thing I want to touch on about this, which uh. is. The spaces between the stances, the transitions, because that's really where the money is. Yes, it is. Let's look at it like this. Let's say you've been training your stances, and you're pretty good at them statically. And you'll see a lot of this in beginner classes in any system, uh, especially in traditional systems. Mm. I think some of the more sporting systems get around this because... Everything's a transition. To. Yeah. <laughs> they have to just get rid of that early on. Yeah. But when you're doing the very formalized stances, you'll see a lot of cases where someone will take the big step, land their weight, and then, yeah, and throw the punch. <laughs> right. No connection. Yeah, yeah. And what they've just done is wasted all the power in the step. Mm-hmm. It's the transition. If you're going into a lunge stance and throwing a reverse punch, you should hit someone halfway through that. Movement. Yes, indeed. If you get to the end of the movement and you've stopped and then you throw your punch, that's all the power that's going to touch them is coming from your arm and your. That's the whole point behind stance training is it is a triangle or a pyramid, man. You know the 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 hands are just this, you know whatever, but everything's coming from that base, man. Yeah. Everything's coming from that base. And that was a, a a fun way to experiment with just the transitions and striking for me has always been like, you know, spar with somebody and try to only hit them with your body. Mm-hmm. And that makes you use the stance oh, correctly yes, it does. To, to apply power. You know, it's like, oh, if I want to hit them with my body, I can't lunge in front of him to get me to him. I need to position and then lunge past him mm-hmm. or through him somehow. When so you start bouncing off people, then you realize. Moving. Yeah. Uh-huh. The pinball effect, I call yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what, what's your take on that, the transitions? Transitions where the magic is. I mean, literally, I mean, you've already given away some of the gems earlier when we were talking about it. Um, we were talking about, for example, you know, you're, you're occupying their hands and you literally just slip the foot in, quote unquote, seven star. But your heel is down between their legs, let's say close to one. You're inside the legs. Um, and it, it's towards their left, their right leg. I'm sorry, your right leg in between. You're occupying theirs, and your toes are up. You haven't moved forward in your body, you know, and definitely in their yeah, perception. Your head hasn't moved. No, right. no, you slipped it, and you're definitely occupying their attention. And then as you do something else, you simply turn 
you know, you, you add weight to that foot while you're pivoting it to the uh, left into, let's say, a horse or maybe even in all the way back into a left bow facing behind you kind of. Right. And you don't have to even do anything with the hands other than occupy his attention. And that little fella's leg, you know, is, is, is done for because it's that transition. It's the slipping of the leg. Now, granted, you could have just gone from a bow stance into a bow or a horse. Those are the two postures that we'll see written in the books, you know, the, the pictures. But it's that how you got there that made all that happen, you know. Um, it's that transition. It truly is. Yeah. And you'll see with most systems, um, you know, in competition, people are not going to hold stances. They're no. going to transition naturally from one to the next. Mm-hmm. And you'll never see that perfect clean stance that you saw. Mm-hmm. And some people say, oh, well, you know, your karate was all pretty <coughs> until you started actually fighting. And then it didn't look. No, it's all still there, asshole. Yeah. It's just not pretty fight and, and snapshotted for you to take a gander at. Now, I will say sometimes, however, if you're going for a quote unquote finisher, whether it be a throw or a punch or something like that, when you're throwing everything out there, a lot of times you will see that perfect stance, a a strong drop because you're getting everything into your legs or everything up, you know, coming up out of it or whatever it might be. Um, But that's rare, you know, Um, sometimes you better better not blink because they're not going to stay there exactly <laughs> and sometimes i encounter this too often though for beginners um punch some, and pose yes the punch <laughs> and pose and, and it's like that's when they get slapped and dude that looks cool but you know you just got slapped too so yeah yeah can't, can't. if you're posing you're not continuing to operate and nah. it's, it's not a good habit to form <laughs> no unless no. you know you're on the beach and the ladies are all looking at your pecs that's oh, right hey no guns sorry too late that's right hiya bitches <laughs> I snuck them in here uh-huh. pythons <laughs> so uh, not yeah. often <laughs> tripods <laughs> i might uh so yeah well you know i think we've kind of beaten this up we've done a thorough and i you know i'm afraid this is going to seem like really shallow stuff to most of our listeners because everybody has Anybody that's done martial arts for very long has some. Yeah, this is day one. But we did it. It was a listener, uh, you know, suggestion. That's right. Plus, we got some grapplers out there who, uh, you know, probably don't sit and hold stances a lot. So it might be interesting to hear how we uh, weirdo traditionalists do it sometimes. And that's what I wanted to get at, too. The whole thing is if you're moving your feet and you're moving your body weight, you're doing stances. Yes. Doing stances. Stances are just the formal training version of this. Yep. And, you know, what comes out of your body in actuality once you're good at the stance is just it's just an improved form of movement. Exactly. I think the terminology is key here. I, you know, I've said twice now, boo fa, which is like a, the Chinese Mandarin way. And literally, boo is like step art. Yes. Yeah. Uh, method, um, okay. technically. But yes, uh, boo, technically, you'll hear, you know, ma boo, gong boo, you know, something stance, something stance. But it's not stance as in stand. It is the method. Yeah. It's footwork yeah. is what really yeah. it boils down to. It's footwork, man. Liam Bu Chuan yeah. is not continuous uh, holding stance fist. <laughs> no, it's continuous stepping, stepping fist. Very nicely put. And it uses... Or linked steps, whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it uses these basic stances, but one to the next, to the next, to the next, to the mm-hmm. next. <clears throat> teaches you how to string them together. It's basic. Form. The flow. It, but it starts teaching you how to flow through these mm-hmm. things and make them realistic. 
and that's the ultimate goal. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of uh, grapplers and MMA guys, some a lot of them have experience with this stuff anyway. But oh, those yeah. that don't could probably benefit by focusing in a little tighter on their stances for a mm-hmm. minute and examining some of that. Whereas a lot of traditionalists get overly obsessed with the pretty fied, you know. Um, training versions of the stances mm-hmm. and don't and ever transition really adapt them to move fluidly between them and that's or the sometimes and, and i you know this is just kind of generic but taking that um training and then quote-unquote ring but applications whatever and two completely different things you know mm-hmm. sometimes it's like Dude, all that, you know, yeah, you can sit in a horse stance or a twisty stance for 15 minutes. That's awesome. You look pretty. But how come I can't see you drop into one when I need you to in an application? Boom, lay them out. Boom, do this throw. You know, don't just try and use it with your shoulders. Use it with your legs. Remember all that stances? Hello. Yeah, you got to remember part of the training with the stances is not just getting into it and holding it, but getting back out of it. Yeah. And that's why most systems, they really don't emphasize long periods of stance holding once mm-hmm. you're past a certain point because yeah. you should have done that up front, got the leg strength, done your detail work. Once you paid your now dues. Now you've got to practice <laughs> getting in and out of that thing yeah. quickly. Why did we do that stance work? <clears throat> exactly. Show me. <laughs> well, shit. I think we've stomped all over this stancey thing. I think we did. All right. Well, I'm going to take He took me to the dance. <laughs> with my stance. Yes, he did. <laughs> Don't look at my pants. I'm not. <laughs> I hope I can't smell them either. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we're going to take a short break. I'm going to take Craig out to the champagne lounge for some cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. We'll be right back with the wrap-up. Thanks, folks. Guess what, folks? We're back. <clears throat> and just to make up for what I did earlier, here we go. Shiz and tie. Natural stance. Feet together stance. Haisokudachi. Haisokudachi. See? Hachi no dachi was close. Straddle leg stance. Horse stance. Kiba dachi. It is a dachi. Simkutsu dachi. It is a dachi. I knew it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What was your dachi? What would you call it? Dang, I already forgot, but I just said it a minute ago. Hachi no dachi. Hachi yeah. no dachi. I was thinking of Haji on, on that show. Haji no dachi. That's yeah. a, mixing some Indian influence. It is. <clears throat> okay, let's get back on track here and wrap this thing up correctly. Uh, all right. Before we get silly. We got us some mail, I think. Yeah, so this is, uh, this is the only mail I'm going to do here because I lost the other one, and this is kind of long. 
But this is from Ryan. Friend of the show. Friend hey, of the show. The more friends of the show we have, the better. That's right. That's um, right. And we love Ryan. He's doing a ton of stuff for us right now. So let me go ahead. He's uh, responding to something, and I think the letter speaks for itself, but I'm going to have to read for a minute. So All right. Just hold your breath, Craig. I will. Until you turn purple. Hey. Two of the letters read during episode 53 caught my attention. The first was from Josh regarding solo training and body conditioning, and the second was from Robert asking how to train with limited time when working a job that requires continued conditioning, like law enforcement. I agree with everything Dave, Craig, and Aaron said on the subjects, but I thought I might offer a few more suggestions based on my experiences. Um, and let me point out here, uh, we'll, I'll find out from him if he wants to make this a big public thing. But he, Oh, this is Dave he speaking started, now. Yeah, this is Dave speaking now. Ryan started a, uh, uh, a new Facebook page about solo oh, training. Cool. Like a group thing, I think. I don't know. We haven't had it's a chance a group, to talk to about it. But we're focused on solo training. <clears throat> exactly. In a group. It, it's a support group, Craig. Okay, okay. Get used to the idea. <laughs> anyway, back to the email. I'll sort that out. Yeah. Uh, I was a federal law enforcement officer working on the southern border of the U.S. at the time of the 9-11 attacks. Pow. An already hectic schedule was made more so by the increased border security operations that followed. At this time, working several double shifts a week was not unusual. In addition to long hours, we worked rotating shifts, making a training routine difficult to follow. The thing that worked best for me was to find a training partner, in my case two, that worked the same schedule. Having a couple of co-workers that were interested in martial arts and who were working the same schedule I was worked to the advantage of all of us. In this case, they had no martial arts experience beyond their academy training. I was able to work out, and they were able to learn a martial art. An additional benefit was that, they, was that we were able to work on scenarios specific to our work environment because it was something that we all shared. Hmm. Generally, we were only able to work out together once or twice a week, but maintaining a routine, limited or otherwise, was invaluable to my training. It sounds like you have a comment there. I think that's brilliant. No, that's not a comment. It's just interesting. That's great. Yeah. And, Scenario based, I like. And the previous question was about law enforcement. And frankly, mm -hmm. you will find other people there, whether they have formal training or not, that are interesting in developing, interested in developing skills that will serve them at work. Definitely. And if you have a martial art that has something to offer there, Hey. You start your little mini class, your little mini, you know, workout club or club. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, okay, moving along. Like the guy said, focusing on the basics of your art will help you maintain a solid foundation when time is limited. When my time is severely limited, I will do a few basic forms or just some of the basic warm-up movements that are the foundation of the art I study. I also believe it is important to focus on cardiovascular fitness and conditioning. Well, he lost me there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Having a plethora of techniques won't do you any good if you are gasping for air because you are tired or smoke four packs of cigarettes a day. <clears throat> if I only, and that, that was me uh, twirlizing, too. <clears throat> if I only have 30 minutes to work out, I will devote at least 20 minutes to cardio and then finish with a martial arts workout. I believe taking the time during the day to stretch to be important as well. I always feel better when I stretch regularly. The value of healthful diet can't be ignored either. When a short time on the, <clears throat> when short on time, the appeal of a drive-through or convenience store fare is high, but relying on this daily will be toxic in the end. <laughs> My final suggestion on this matter is to make sure to incorporate some rest time into your day. 
I know that with limited time, it's difficult to meet all your family commitments and other obligations, but setting aside time to decompress will benefit you greatly. Yeah, big time. Two quick points there. One, the toxicity of fast food. Like, I have noticed in myself, like, I'll be running hardcore full steam Mm -hmm. and then get in a job like the last time I fell into the animal control thing. Sucks up your life. Mm-hmm. Or with the movies, crafty. <laughs> crafty is your friend and your enemy. Right. Um, it's just so tempting when you're exhausted to just eat. Yeah. Whatever the fuck it is, you eat it because you're worn the hell out and your body's saying, no, just feed me. Mm-hmm. Just feed me. So hard to deal with that. But if you can kind of get the reins on that horse. It, it pays off in the long run because it's garbage in, garbage out, bro. Gigo. I mean, yeah. yeah if, <laughs> you know, you're feeling tired now, you keep eating them Crystal Burgers, White Castles, what have you. And you're going to be feeling worse and tired all the time. Better, you know, get some juice in there. The other thing is, no matter what work or family is doing to you, he's saying set aside time to decompress. I think like a very, very bare bones meditation regimen is good mm-hmm. for that because people will leave you alone when you say you're meditating for 10 minutes. Yeah, because it's weird. If they don't understand it really, then at least they're like, okay, you're weird. I'm out. And you know what? You may just be sitting there on the floor doing nothing. But that is awesome. But that's, you know, but by hanging some sort of frame around it, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to meditate now. I only need 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Your wife or husband or whoever or, you know, whatever. At work, you know, you could take a break. You get a 10-minute break. Mm-hmm. You know, most, thanks to unions, even though they're disappearing, most jobs have to give you a break if they yeah. work yet. 15 yeah. minutes uh, before lunch, you get lunch, then 15 minutes after. Yeah. Right. So you could take that time. Somebody says, what are you doing? Well, if you say, I'm sitting here slack-jawed having my self-time, no. they'll be like, fuck you. Get the get to fuck work. up. Yeah. yeah. But if you say, no, no, this is my meditation regimen, they'll be I'll like, leave you alone. ooh, spooky. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to leave you alone. That's- At the, but uh, you bring a great point, though, out in that um, is the fact that, you know, depending upon your schedule, um, obviously we're talking to the to the main guy who wrote in or asked this question, but this goes out to everybody. Depending upon your schedule, you might not even be able to get a full eight hours or six hours or whatever sleep, or even if you do, it's not restful. Man, meditation I live on five hours of sleep, right? I'm working. But yeah. the meditation is it's it's going for what you're trying to get out of sleep is the whole thing where there's no interruption it's just time to be you here and now and chillax with stopping everything yeah. you know and uh, you know and one last quick point before we move on mm. one thing that's been helpful to me recently is when i get my 10 minute break or 15 minute break when i get my lunches i get away from where i'm working Ah, uh, yes, that is key. You know, sometimes I'll sit and chat with people. Sometimes I'll just go away. But I want to make sure I get at least 50 paces from where I was actually working. Out of the environment. And when it's lunchtime, even if there's crafty there, if there's something reasonable around that's decent and healthy and I have time to do it, I want to get off that lot. Yeah, you know, off the I'll property. Get away. Because that feels like a break. Yeah. If you sit down next to your tools and you just shove a sandwich in your mouth, Mm-mm. which I've done a lot of too, you know, that doesn't... Your tools are looking at you. Come pick me up. Get yeah. back to work. Yeah. You don't get that sense. Or, you know, even like for me, you know, I've done a lot of office type work as well. And, you know, that's also bad. You say, oh, well, you know, just eat at your desk and stuff like that. Unfortunately, that is invite. If you're at your desk, people... Don't care if you're eating. Here, you'll come and interrupt and start talking about work stuff, you know. If you're there, you're working. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. Well, you got us talking there, Ryan. Good job. Nice. Let's move along. As to Josh's question about solo training, I am no longer in law enforcement. My current job includes a daily commute of two and a half hours. I live in a very rural area. I'm in the middle of a home remodel, and I have a wife that expects to spend time with me on the... <laughs> to spend time with me. What's up with that? <laughs> Finding time for a workout is difficult. Aside from a Friday night class, I must work out on my own. The only reason I attend Friday class is that I know I can sleep in Saturday morning because I don't have to worry about making the long commute early the following morning. Of course, I'm writing this at 5.50 a.m. on Saturday morning after being awake an hour, so until my dogs learn to tell time, this isn't working out for me. (laughs) When working out alone, getting the feedback you would with a partner is what I find to be the most difficult part. I have a couple of heavy bags, a speed bag, a mukjong, a kendo dummy, and each of these work reasonably well. On previous episodes of Haya, the benefits of using a Pell have been discussed. I have found a stack of tires to be pretty useful. Also, uh, I, I also have tires I can hang from my heavy bag holder. In one tire, I have a tennis ball strung through the center for focus uh, strikes. Yes. Nice. I have another tire that I, that I have added PVC arms to for trapping <laughs> and blocking practice. <clears throat> if you have the room, a tractor slash heavy equipment tire can be a great workout tool. Sounds like CrossFit now. Uh, I don't know, man. I've seen even some some traditionalists like in mainland China do some stuff with some traditionalists too. just move heavy things. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how they do it. And a tractor tire is a good example. But you can use it all kinds of ways. Yeah, yeah. he says mine is two hundred eighty five pounds, and there are many workouts you can find online. A fifteen to twenty minute tire workout can be exhausting. It's a great way to stay fit with limited time. There you go. And you know, I. I just barely had a chance to look at the page he put up about solo training, but he's got mm. a video up there about working out with this 285 pound Sweet, tire. dude. You need TM that and quick, Ryan. I think you got yeah. your little uh, damn it, mm-hmm. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Again, got your that's why I'm not throwing the details out now. I, we, I haven't talked to him about it. He just sent me an email with that while I was out of town. So definitely shoot us the info on that uh, solo training group. I was messing around, you know, joking group, you know, solo, but uh, I think that'd be a great thing to. No, no. Check out. I, I think this will be good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we're getting down to the end here. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, the importance of conditioning and cardiovascular fitness cannot be neglected. I hate running, but I will do it because of this and because I can run at any time of the day or night. Another conditioning workout I do regularly is a 12-round boxing drill I found in an issue of martial arts training. Uh, and he gives the reference, uh, Zamir Catlin, Peak Performance, Pure Boxing Power, MA Training, May 1998, page 43. I love references, man. I know you do. And uh, Ryan, put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> it is basically a combination of boxing and calisthenics. When done completely, it is a 36-minute workout. If I just want to warm up or I'm extremely short on time, I will do a halftime version of this. I will post a link in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you. I did even pre-read. He heard you, see? <laughs> he heard me. Slap back. Look on that subject. I, you know, there are things that I'm already familiar with that I can go to for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think you would say the same thing. It's oh, like yeah. if I've got 15 minutes, okay, I can cover a broad range of stuff <coughs> in that short period of time. Oh, yeah. 
Um, One of the great things that that Ryan brings to light, though, is homemade training utilities. Um, this might be a yeah, wonderful topic for the future. Absolutely. Um, Maybe the, we'll have Ryan on for this because it sounds go. like he has some experience yeah. with it. And that's that's one of the great things is, you know, if you don't have training utilities, then you have to go through your mental suite of things. What do I do? What do I need? You know, your own little training program workout. Right. But if you got that thing, it's already calling to you. It's like work out on that. Just go until you, you're time's up <laughs> you know look one of the beauties of martial arts is you don't need anything but your body to do it mm-hmm. but other if stuff you're can talking help. <laughs> about making up for not getting contact with a partner when times are slim then getting contact with something is where you need to go well and also for depending upon what you're trying to do maybe it's conditioning forearm conditioning you don't want to bang out your you just your partner's as hard as right. maybe you so could you get your move jong or jong yeah. or your chopsticks bundled up and you start working <laughs> yeah. on you know yeah yeah exactly all right well we'll leave this lay because we're getting a little long in the tooth on this show yeah um but yeah lots of food for thought there uh, okay he finishes up i feel as if as if i've been a little long-winded so <laughs> i'm going to wrap this up i believe there's still quite a lot to say on these subjects by me and others so i will create a facebook group where we can all share ideas and experiences on solo training the link go. will be in the show notes <laughs> okay see he heard us and was typing I this, as, this but i didn't make the connections because look i'm fresh <laughs> off the road and i smoked a lot of dope and what? <laughs> <laughs> so you're gonna have to <coughs> you were in colorado right i was it was legal yeah uh-huh. I can say it on the air because it was absolutely 100% legal. That's what that's what they all say. That's yeah, what they of all course. say. Well, that's my excuse. <laughs> that's right. All right. Thanks, Ryan. That was that, that was great awesome. Response, and you gave that guy's email the thought it deserved, which obviously Indeed. the two of us are incapable of. <laughs> uh, even with Aaron's help, we really didn't get that deep a dive on Indeed. that. Indeed. What what you got there? Okay. What I'm pulling up here now. Oh, that's right. Is uh, yeah, we'll finish up with this, and I'll run through this quickly. Debbie but. does Dallas, but now I will say I tried to get a fellow co-host, whether it was Craig or Bruce or any Big Al, anybody I could drag to go with me to this. We all went. None of you went. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> these these assholes don't do nine a.m. on a Saturday morning. Free lunch, Jimmy John's. But okay, so here's what happened. All right. <clears throat> They advertise this self-defense thing. And I'm not going to use the company's name because I'm not trying to like do a review of it and compare them to other companies. Right, right. I just, just want to see what experience. kind of state, of the state they're in. Well, the first thing you go in, they do a slideshow presentation. And so we got the Eve Carson story, the Chelsea King story, the Yearly Love story, the April Millsap story. Uh, a couple more. Basically, we heard about people who things went wrong for. Right. Now, here's what threw me off a little bit about this. Because all the people we heard about things going wrong for, cute white chicks. Of course. Yeah. So, it's got the (laughs) CNN syndrome going on there big time. It's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, look look at the statistics. Bad things happen to... Cute white chicks. Yeah, less often (laughs) than they do to anyone else. But when they do, boy, that's news. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're trying to reach their audience. So they did that. So um, you are a cute here's some, they kind of broke it into two sections. The first section uh, is this older guy. He was like a retired Air Force pilot mm-hmm. um, from, from Tennessee. And, uh, you know, he had the sort of 
thing down. You know, you could tell he was a retired <laughs> military. But he, he had a good casual delivery, but here's basically what he covered. Uh, you got um, the, the perpetrator and the victim <laughs> can be anyone. Okay. You got to be vigilant, watch for unusual behavior, stuff that doesn't fit. Mm. Uh, they had this whole mental awareness color code chart, so <laughs> sort of white. If you were white, you were a victim. You were unaware. Yellow, you were aware. Orange, specific threat. Red, ready to fight. Black, in fight. Nah, I don't know how useful that was. Uh, <laughs> vigilant skill set. Uh, skillful observations and response. You know, if somebody's loitering, if they're watching you, inappropriate questions, unexpected home visitors, fake auto accidents, you know, people being too charming, being followed. Those are the kind of examples they're throwing out. Right. And fair enough. And they did get around to this, although they did not credit the source. Yeah. Um, intuition. You know, right. go with your hunches, your gut feelings, you know. Um, that so sort it's, of it's so far, it sounds fairly superficial, but for that's us coming from years of martial arts. Exactly. Yeah. And they're shooting for the broadest possible audience. And exactly. I think that really the most useful thing in this early Awareness. Stuff, Awareness, but intuition. respecting your intuition. Mm -hmm. And they did cover a fair amount of stuff on that. Uh, like I said, I think, you know, Gavin DeBecker kind of wrote the book on this. Literally. The Gift of Fear. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he's done some really incredible work since then. We'll, we'll talk about that on another episode, too. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, we'll talk to him about it at some point. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, but, you know, there's a, that's the one thing. It's like permission and intuition. Mm. You know? And they did cover both of those. You, right. know, you have the permission to fight back. You are worthy. You can scream. You can raise your voice. You can hurt someone. You can, raise, you know, you can look, say no. There are some people that can't raise their voice. No, to I know. Person. Yeah. And again, we can be flip about it because we've been beaten across the head <laughs> right. and shoulders multiple times by our friends, much less our enemies <laughs> in occasional bar fights. But we have to think about not a martial artist. Right. That's, that's the key idea yeah. here. And here's one of the little things they did. He was talking, he started talking about the psychological effects of fear. He's like, I want you to put your fingers on your, on your wrist, feel your pulse, just get a sense of your pulse. And then his buddy at the back of the room gets an air horn and goes, it's <laughs> like, you felt it right. Didn't you? Didn't you? Didn't <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, just, you know, that's one of those points where like, as a martial artist, you're so ahead of the game. All right. Because I didn't jump at all because I saw his buddy move. Yeah. And I could just sense that they were setting something up when he did it. I'm like, why is he having me take my pulse? You know what? Yeah, obviously. And I saw fear. his buddy moved and I looked at him before he blew the horn. I'm like, here it comes. <laughs> but people literally shit their pants and flew out of their seats. So it was effective in right. that context. Again, I don't think any of this was bad. It wasn't deep, mm -hmm. but it wasn't bad. And, the, and you know, I, I wish they would have emphasized a little less of the personal anecdotal stories of people getting fucked up and they're all like, you know, identifiable right. white chicks like, Oh, that's a real tragedy. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some black kid goes missing whatever it happens right. every day. Uh, sorry. You know, but just the politics that at Ferguson, I drove right through St. Louis. Right. Um, but you know, and then he wrapped it up with sort of the stages you go. You can freeze, you can submit, you can posture, you can fight, you can flee. Right. All that's good. Um, and he did the fence. Like this yeah, is as far as this I love the fence. And the fence is awesome. Yeah, it is. And well, you know, like Big Al talks about his whole, uh, yeah. you know, Henny Youngman 
pose with one arm wrapped <laughs> under and tickling his chin. But yeah. that's a fence ready to mm-hmm. happen, you know. And, yeah, the fence is a great basic self-defense technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy for people to get. Yeah. So all that's good. Um, the second part, they did a little break. The second part, guy comes out and does a success story. And this this poor girl got stabbed pretty good. But she did a few things that's right. And she got away. Oh. And base and yeah, it's another you know white chick going right. to work out early in the morning. Um, <laughs> but he, um, the one thing that they did emphasize kind of effectively here is that you know if you uh, shit lost my train of thought. No, this happens late in the show. <laughs> it <tends> does. <laughs> Go got stabbed eight, nine, ten times she's walking to she got away she did let the guy move her to another location okay that's yeah what I mean. and that's that is a great point it's like if, if they want to move you go ahead and fight there <laughs> yeah yeah it's like they told big al when he first moved to mexico they're like if the federales try to arrest you make them shoot you in the street mm-hmm. don't get in the car no <laughs> Um, then they kind of went over some improvised weapons, scissors, metal flashlights, wasp spray. That was kind of new, but they do make that wasp spray that'll shoot Never heard of feet. It. What is that like mace, but just, it'll go far. No, but, it's a wasp killer, but you can shoot oh. a wasp nest up in your eaves with it and get oh, distance okay, yeah. off of it. Yeah. And that would probably burn like hell. I don't know how you know easy that would be to carry around or deploy. Yeah. Uh, air horns, uh, drawing attention. One of the things the guy said during the sort of application part was he's like, I don't yell help. Mm-hmm. I don't teach people to yell help. I don't teach them to yell this or that. I teach them to yell, he's got a bomb. Nice. And that gets people's attention. I like that. I so, like that. Again, yeah, move with the times. That's very yeah. interesting. He's it's got like, a bomb. Yell that and everybody's will. eyes will be on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you know, they did the sort of, they had a rubber bob up there and he rolled up a magazine and gave rubber bob the business with it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what? Pencils, bath towels, you know. And the reason they brought up a bath towel is like, <laughs> if you want to barricade a door, they're like, use it as a door jam. Mm-hmm. Roll it up and wedge it under the door. Maybe. <laughs> uh, if you got that much time, there's probably something better you could do. But, yeah. you know, again, I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit. This is directed at the basics. Again, and, yeah. You know, I don't think it's bad. No, no. I don't think it's you great, have to but think, I don't think it's bad. Yeah. I'm curious about technique-wise. Was there anything? No. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and move along. Oh, okay. the, the last few points they covered verbally is, you know, you know, when to fight. You're worth it. Fight for your life, not for property. Accept injury over death. It's okay to strike first. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And that's, again, that's all good advice. To it's okay to strike heard. first. I like that. Yeah. Ma'am, yeah. I'm not trying to rape you. I'm just, you know, I'm just selling you Avon. I just want to get close enough to grab you, though. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 get the fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> pop his nose. And that usually is like, okay, go look for the other victim. Right, right, right. You know? And you should report that asshole before he finds the other victim. Anyway, that's just my aside. Uh, now, one of the things this guy said was attack the attack, not the attacker, which is something that resonates to a certain extent with martial artists. But if I was giving basic advice to people, I, I think know. I would be more concerned with them attacking the attacker than the yeah, attack. Because yeah. that'll put you in a slap the knife away yeah. kind of mindset, which and is not what you need to get do. Your, yeah, no. Duck and like hip check the motherfucker and knock him down. <laughs> yeah. Then run. Attack the attacker, not the... Yeah, no, that that know. sounds more like advanced martial arts type of thing. When you, when you can, you know, 
attack the literally you know yeah. break the limb whatever that that's uh that's not just self-defense that's, that takes more practice than yeah, giving these people yeah, you know yeah. so speaking of the techniques they did throw it out there they had some little kicking shields and stuff and they there's there were artifacts in the room like one of the old guy that did the first part he got knocked over one when the guy was demonstrating <laughs> So this guy's like, you know, he's a 50-ish overweight martial arts teacher from Nashville. Okay. <laughs> the guy that did this section. And his first thing he threw out for people was basically just swarming hammer fists. Okay. His rationale was pretty good. Mm-hmm. When you're doing hammer fists, your arms are up protecting your head. Yeah, yeah, true. To some extent, anyway. Um, But he didn't explain it very well because everybody else was doing it, and they're doing... <coughs> This, you know, like the, the Halloween knife stab thing with her hands. <laughs> or the Braves tomahawk job. And I'm, yeah. I'm kind of standing aside for this. I went by myself. I didn't right. bring a partner. So I'm just kind of standing aside and letting mostly families work together, mm. you know. And I held a pad for some people and stuff. But, <clears throat> you know, the old guy walks over to me and he's like, all right, you give it a try. And I'm like, okay. And so I threw like four or five just hard hammer fists. And he immediately said, look at that. He's putting all 200 pounds into it. That's what you got to do. <laughs> they should have told him that. It's like, it's not, yeah. it's not stabbing with your arm. You swing your whole hip body, drop everything into it. Boom, yeah, boom, but reset bastard. It's martial art theory and principle is what it is. That's, that's really, right. That's a tough thing. I, I don't, I don't cover and, and try to get into that self-defense area because that's a interesting fine Obviously, line if you train any self-defense art that's even slightly realistic you'll be better off than the average person right who does nothing right so this is directed at the average person again i'm not faulting them too much for doing it this way yeah yeah but you know the rest of this stuff they, they showed like a clean off against a front choke which was not my favorite one because it's the over the outside thing and yeah. i've got a whole different way i like to deal with that right um that re- relies too much on fiddly like thumb pressure and stuff mm-hmm. in, in my opinion uh and i he said the movement was natural but i don't think it really is right done that way again this is me being old grognar martial artist like, <laughs> differing with the guy's choice of techniques yeah. but whatever they did a nut kick, which actually a lot of these, they had some younger women in there, mm. a few younger women. And once they warmed up, they were throwing hellacious nut kicks. <laughs> That's you know, good. They were booting the shit out of the pack because, you know, the young woman with big hips and nice legs and they can throw a fucking powerful kick. It's yeah. giving them permission to dress. So. Who knows? I mean, that's not your go-to, I don't think. Right. But that could come back and help somebody, you know, if they I, realize that they can... Again, you're not trying to kill somebody, because right. as martial artists, we know right. it's not going to drop somebody, you know. And often enough, they give you enough time to run. Yeah, make time to run. Mm-hmm. So they did reinforce that, and I'm all for that. And, you know, they threw a couple other things out there, um, none of which were good or bad choices right you know, they're very rudimentary stuff and i don't think people absorb much past the first couple that they did hmm. but it could help yeah it could help somebody i think uh, to me honestly a lot of the takeaways is that psychological stuff that yeah it's basic 101 crap yeah. that, but again for the average individual that awareness and intuition you know could be a real eye-opener for a lot of people and, you know, they wrapped this whole thing up, and it wasn't a Stay hard sell, but they did a little pitch for their, uh, their they had these little keychain, like Kubaton kind of things with the little rubber knobbies pointing off and stuff. Best argument for that I heard was the guy said, you know, his wife uh, had been accosted 
not accosted, but was being stalked leaving a restaurant, and mm-hmm. and she put her hand on that key thing, and it made her think more tactically. Oh. So she turned around and went back in the restaurant and called the police. Nice. And they arrested the guy because they already had a warrant out. So it was putting your hand jacket. on there brought your mind into a martial yes. concept. Yes. That's so as a as a fetish or a totem like that, I can see yeah. that being really useful instead of having to pick up a broadsword right. or a spear. You know? Exactly. <laughs> But as far as a useful tool for someone untrained, it's about as good as just having your keys yeah. or a stick or, you know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. Put your thumb through here like you got somebody's nose. I don't, know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think Dude, it's a super tool for fighting. But, you know, as a fetish, as something to engage that mindset with people you who don't train. You keep calling it a fetish, you're going to get me aroused. I'm going to stop now. All right. Um, yeah, so that, that pretty much wraps it up. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't think they did a bad job, uh, especially for what they were trying to do. Right. There are little things I could have, would have done different myself, but hey, you know, that's just me. Yeah. <clears throat> and is. frankly, the last thing I would have left anybody with at the end of one of these, which they didn't do, which is if any of this sounds intriguing to you and you want to be more realistic about defending yourself. Go find a martial arts drill or a martial sport. <laughs> right. Actually put a little bit of time. You don't have to be the Bruce Lee. You know, you don't have to be the next great thing. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to be young and fit. Just go get a little time and grade. Get bounced around with other people. All this stuff. I mean, you know, you can tell people it's okay to fight. But until they've been popped a few times, yeah. it's not as it's real for them. Everybody and frankly, that, you could yeah. be a shit martial artist. But if you spend a year in classes and you got knocked around and all that stuff... You're you'll not going to have an easier time defending exactly. yourself when you need to. At, at least you're not dealing with that issue of it's okay to yeah. fight and yada, yada, yada. And for yada, men yada. and especially women, <coughs> that's a big hurdle. Oh, indeed. It's a huge hurdle. So, you know, get out there, get into some class somewhere where it's like, okay, we're here to do this. Mm-hmm. You pop a me, I pop a you. Yeah? <laughs> well, and there's classes that'll grade that from very mild to very intense, depending right. on what kind of person you are. You know? Right. Like, like a good, just even a slap around club. You know, you slap one person, they pass it on, you yeah. just slap, you know. Yeah, yeah. The slap a ho tribe. That yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, it reminds me of Cherry Belly. Something like Cherry <laughs> yeah, Belly. Exactly. A little strike inoculation, which mm-hmm. done in class, it's totally safe. You know, you're not hitting people's faces or anything, but you're just all sitting in horse stances in a circle, and you can pass it left or right. <laughs> when it comes to you, they just whack, slap <laughs> yeah. you in the stomach, and you're like, damn it. You can pass it back, and they can pass it back, yeah. throw it to the next guy. It's fun. It's fun. <clears throat> but take it your mind can, off the horse stance. Even sure. just little things like that will take you miles past somebody who never gets touched yeah truly you know? truly just those little things so you know i would definitely recommend that to people yeah as part of this but the takeaway from from tonight is defend yourself that's right <laughs> get educated for <laughs> self-defenses that's right all right well we have prattled on and on uh if you have any problems with things we left out of the stances breakdown or you know uh anything else we've said tonight or if you have any kudos or anything to add in general just uh drop us a line hiya hiya podcast mailbag at hiyapodcast.com that's where that'll go <laughs> If you need to hit me directly for something, davidhighoutpodcast.com. Uh, check out the Facebook page if you're not already on there. We keep adding, you know, we get three, four, five new people a week. I know, it's jumping crazy. Jumping in that thing. Uh, I encourage you always on the Facebook page, post on the wall, communicate amongst yourselves, start discussions. It's growing into a place where there's plenty of martial artists to talk to. 
Indeed. And I don't have time to update it a lot, so you'll get shit from me when I post a show. Or if you post something, sometimes, you know, I'll see it and I have time to respond. (laughs) Kick the can down. Speaking of which, just a quick random question. Did you happen to see, um, I did it right after uh, last episode, after you published it out. Uh, We were talking about that news story, uh, and I found a video of it, a YouTube, and I posted it up there. It shows a video of of the dude punchy face and kick him. Right, Remember? right, right. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. So check that out. It's so damn busy that blew by me, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's out there for you, lovely listeners. Yes, it is. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Once again, Haya is over, but we will be back. And a <laughs> last thing, reminder, formal hot stickers left. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Frankly, if you want stickers, let me know. Let me know. We'll work something out. But uh, free, I'll pay the postage if you send us in good stories about martial arts and your relationships and how they are entwined. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. No, leave the indifferent ones out. That's right. If it has no effect, we don't care. But I'm sure it's had some effect. And we're going to have a couple of special guests on that one, I think, too. There's at least two, maybe three of us that actually met our spouses in martial arts class, just in our group. That's right. No, that's yeah. Good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, probably a few that have beaten our spouses. Oh, yeah. With the techniques that we learned. You want to go back lines. to the fetish bit? Nah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to hit the champagne lounge and <laughs> shovel another one Craig's way. All right, folks. Uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. No, let's do that right. All right. All right, folks. We'll see ya. Well, the kids all think that Danny drinks because he likes to crawl. The neighbors bitch and his mother cry when they see old Danny fall. He waltzes in with the fifth of gin and flips the family off. Shrubbery's dead where Danny used to fall. Bitch
Wow. That's pretty. That was a lot of double string plucks too, I noticed. That's very pretty. Yeah, you, you had to go on up up the neck on on that one. That's one thing this song yeah, I'm doing. Yeah, I wasn't sitting right in the chair to get there. Oh, that's all right. This one song I'm working on, Pineapple Mango. I have to jump down to seven to five and seven fret just for a couple of notes, but it's tough. <laughs> 